This Church Life Today podcast is a production of Redeemer Radio and the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame and is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. There is nothing not to like about today's episode. Advent music, Christmas movies, an obsessive concern with progressive solemnity, along with both well-reasoned and unfounded opinions mixed right in. Yes, this is Church Life Today from the McGrath Institute for Church Life, and I'm your host, Leonard DiLorenzo. Joining me is Carolyn Pirtle, Program Director of the Notre Dame Center for Liturgy. She's going to take us through the sounds of Advent, the films of Christmas, and more besides. Carolyn Pirtle, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a delight. So, Carolyn, many of us have great aspirations each year to really observe Advent and like faithfully mark out this time of preparation and waiting, but we all know how hard that can be, and it's not necessarily for spiritual reasons, but because of what surrounds us all the time this time of year. Christmas music. It's always <laughs> Christmas music. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but like one of our local radio stations started playing Christmas music early in November this year. They keep moving it earlier and earlier. I mean... I feel like Advent is often waiting for Christmas to come just so Christmas music will stop. <laughs> it's everywhere. Yeah, because yeah, they all stop playing it the day after Christmas, yeah, right? Yeah, because why, why would you play Christmas music in the Christmas season? No clue. <laughs> no clue. Anyways, you, rather than just complaining about it, which is what I would do, you actually did something about it from the Notre Dame Center for Liturgy to kind of help turn the tide, maybe just offer us an alternative. And you put together a beautiful Advent playlist that is publicly available and it's mm-hmm. free on yep. Spotify. Tell us a little bit about this playlist and what you wanted to offer through it. So I've been in choirs basically my whole life, like all through high school and college. And I loved the opportunity to sing Christmas music at Christmas concerts. But we also, I went to a Catholic school and we always made sure that there was plenty of Advent music involved as well. And then when I got to Notre Dame and was in the folk choir, we did Advent lessons and carols. And so it just was a reminder to me that there actually is a ton of beautiful Advent music out there. I don't think people realize this because like the one Advent piece that everybody knows is like, Oh, come, Oh, come Emmanuel. <laughs> so this playlist <laughs> is, this playlist is not Oh, come, Oh, come Emmanuel, like 35 times, 35 different versions. <laughs> and they yes, no, no, like baby not. shark and all those different languages. It's just, Oh, come, Oh, come Emmanuel over and over again. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That sounds terrible. But no, there's actually a lot of beautiful Advent repertoire out there. And so this list was just my attempt at providing people with a kind of way in to this music of the season that hardly gets any radio airplay. For mm-hmm. example, like I, I listen to the classical music station here in South Bend a lot and it's really good. And they're actually pretty careful about playing a lot of Advent music as well. But most most radio stations aren't. And so I just wanted to give people a glimpse of the fact that like this music is actually out there and it's actually really beautiful and it's a lovely way to practice Advent. And it's a lovely way to, you know, just make sure that Christmas is Christmas and Advent is Advent and they're two very distinct and beautiful things that complement one another really well. But I think, you know, there's something really important about letting Advent be Advent and saving Christmas for Christmas. I like that. So you titled this playlist Advent. Yeah, right? really genius on that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're offering what you say you're offering. There's nothing yeah, hidden there. So yeah, Advent. You know what you're getting. Yeah. yeah, and it's from McGrath ND. So if people want to find that, it's on Spotify. 
And you can just yep. find this playlist. It's called Advent, put out by McGrath ND. Okay, so it's not O Come, O Come, Emmanuel 35 times. Can you give us just a few highlights of what is in there and maybe some of the things that many of us wouldn't be familiar with and why why they're in there? Okay, well, to be fair, the first track is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't just repeat 35 <laughs> times. Yeah. No, no, so don't, don't worry when you, when you click start and that's the first thing you hear. So I'm a giant nerd who believes in playing things in order and creating mixes and playlists in a particular order. Like I, I'm super old school. I miss the days of making like a mix CD for somebody, uh-huh. right? This is actually best listened to in order. So if you can turn off shuffle and just listen to it straight through because it actually follows a vague sort of liturgical order. Ah. Okay. So, you know, there's several pieces that are just general Advent sort of things. And then about five or six tracks in, we hit a piece called Gabriel's Message. And it's the story of the Annunciation. So if you're thinking, you know, if you're counting tracks, it's right around eight or nine, which, you know, December 8th is the Immaculate Conception. Uh So we're, we're kind of have a Marian moment in that part of the playlist. And then a few more tracks. And we have a couple of pieces that are traditional to the celebration of Our Lady of Guadalupe, which is coming up. So we have La Guadalupana and Manianitas Guadalupanas. And so those are two traditional songs in Spanish that are usually sung at the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe. So I wanted to also give that kind of cultural representation with this playlist, we have a couple of pieces in Polish here. We have some Latin pieces. We have some Spanish pieces. There's a beautiful traditional piece for the celebration of St. Lucy's Feast Day, Santa Lucia, which is actually a traditional Italian tune. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's just really lovely. And then there's another piece by this amazing Catholic composer named Ola Yelo. It's called Dark Night of the Soul. And it uses the writings of St. John of the Cross, whose feast day we celebrate on December 14th. So I tried to kind of put those little Easter eggs in, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Come on now, Easter keep your keep your season yeah. straight. There are no <laughs> Easter eggs in Advent, but we got it. Okay. We, these so little Advent, hidden gems, yeah. Advent little something nuggets. inside, yeah. Advent nuggets. Yeah. And then we have, there is a set of pieces that are settings of the O antiphons, which the church starts singing on December 17th. So from December 17th through the 23rd, we sing the O antiphons at Vespers. And so I included one of each. You basically can go through all of the O antiphons with the church. And then, you know, we bookend with O Come, O Come, <laughs> So there's one in Latin at the beginning. And then we have Sufjan Stevens's amazing version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel to kind of wrap things up. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of self-contained entity. It has a broadly sort of liturgical ethos. And it's, you know, there's some really just beautiful stuff in there. It really is. So there are 35 songs on this playlist and only mm-hmm. twice does O Come, O Come, Emmanuel come on. So just to You're just welcome, to everybody. conclude this joke that we've been trying to make from the beginning about O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that's the final pass, right? So it's there twice, but yeah. 32 other songs that are not O Come, O Come, Emmanuel are on this playlist. Mm-hmm. But even, even like number 34, which is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel again, it's Sufjan Stevens who never does anything in a kind of predictable way, right? Like he's adding right. layers and texture and complexity to what you would mm-hmm. expect. Yeah, it's just so brilliant. And his Christmas albums actually are well worth listening to. Like he's done multiple Christmas albums and each treatment of each song is just so special. So if you haven't checked those out before, I would definitely recommend that. Why do you think music is so important to us kind of observing these seasons, liturgical seasons, fully and well and kind of preparing ourselves to encounter Christ? 
You know, I think Benedict XVI said it best, and this is like the quote that I hang my hat on as a justification for my entire existence as a liturgical musician. (laughs) So no pressure, Benedict. But he wrote that when human beings come into contact with the living God, mere speech is not enough. So let me say that again. When human beings come into contact with the living God, mere speech is not enough. And so to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, I guess, as it were, I'm a giant fan of music theater. And in a musical, at a certain point, there's just a point where speech like just doesn't get the job done and people just randomly burst into song. Uh. And so I think that's like an analogy for what's happening here. At a certain point in our relationship with God, and especially when we encounter God in the liturgy and in the sacraments, there's just a certain point where speech doesn't get it done anymore and you have to sing it. There is something about music that just at a physiological human level goes beyond words. And so I think, you know, the the gift of music, because music is, of course, a gift of God, it's, it's a gift of creation. And I think it just allows us to express ourselves in ways that go beyond what we're able to do with speech. Mm. You're listening to Church Life Today on Redeemer Radio. This is Leonard DiLorenzo. I'm talking about Advent music, and soon we'll be talking about Christmas movies with my friend and colleague, Carolyn Pertle, Program Director of the Notre Dame Center for Liturgy and the McGrath Institute for Church Life. So, as promised, we were going to talk a bit about Advent music, which we've done. We could talk more, but I, I also want to get to this bit about Christmas movies because, I don't know, you go deep for this. This is not like a casual passion in your life. As a matter of fact, Carolyn, you have a list of 25 uh-huh. Christmas movies that you watch? Is this annually? You watch these 25 movies? As much as I can, yeah. That like, is incredible. I, you know, some years are better than others, of course. Like some, It's like with Christmas decorations. Some years I put the ornaments on the tree and sometimes I don't. Right? It's just <laughs> and some years I make it through this entire list and some years I don't. But yeah, it's I take it pretty seriously, which is, you know. Typical. <laughs> yeah, so I thought this was well worth bringing other people in on your list of 25 Christmas movies, and they're actually ranked from 25 down to one. You've given yeah. this, I mean, this is not haphazard. Like, you've given this some thought. It's intentional. There's reasons mm-hmm. for everything, right? Yeah. Definitely. So I thought for maybe pretty much the rest of our time, why don't we just talk about your list of Christmas movies? Maybe we can do like a little countdown from 25 to one. We can't talk about every single movie. We wouldn't have time for that. But what if we do these in like chunks of five? So what if we start with number 25, go down to 21, give us those five films, and then maybe we can just zero in on one of those. And then we'll do that for each set of five. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. All right. So give it to us. Number 25 to 21. So 25 is Christmas Vacation. 24 is Die Hard. 23 is Bridget Jones's Diary. 22 is Little Women. Now, I prefer the 1994 version because it feels more Christmassy to me, but I also loved Greta Gerwig's remake from, I think it was just last year. Uh And then 21 is Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. All right. So 25, Christmas Vacation, 24, Die Hard, Bridget Jones' Diary, Little Women, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. So we've talked about this before. I I feel duty-bound to mention this. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation does not exist for me way in the back at 25. I've got it way up in front in number two. I also don't have 25 films that I could name on my Christmas list. But (laughs) if I were to name five of them, Christmas Vacation would probably show up at number two. So is this just on here to humor me or would you put this on there otherwise? Yeah, actually, I think it was on there to humor you. (laughs) (laughs) 
But, you know, I have four brothers and they all love Christmas vacation and they think it's the funniest thing on the planet. I, I'm, I'm dating myself now. I was, I'm old enough to have seen this movie in theaters when I was eight years old and it is not appropriate underlined for an eight-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> I went and saw it with my brothers and a bunch of my boy cousins who are much older than I am and my aunt took us all. It was made for and them. I, yeah, it really was. I just remember being deeply uncomfortable the entire movie. I was like, what, what is happening? So I think I had a poor experience with it as a child that kind of has scarred me as far as Christmas vacation goes. But I know that people love it. So. Yes. I mean, I'd also, yeah. to be honest, put Die Hard way up there too. Not at 24, but it'd be much <laughs> higher on the list. But I think that's telling you a little bit something more about me that I've got Christmas vacation and Die Hard up. There. I mean, Die Hard is not a Christmas movie except for the fact that it takes place at a Christmas party. Like nothing that's else right. about it has to do with Christmas, but nevertheless. No. And yet somehow the past two Christmases, I've wound up watching Die Hard with my mom on Christmas night. Like it's, <laughs> it, it play it on AMC, I think on a loop or something. And it's just so funny. Like I love Alan Rickman, you know, oh, yeah. and so my mom, he's just the best. And honestly, Bruce Willis is too. So it's been kind of a hilarious new Christmas tradition to watch Die Hard with my mom. I mean, that's Christmas. like a rule of the universe that if there is a film on AMC, no matter what it is, you have to watch it, even if you own it, right? You yeah. like you own yeah. it commercial free. If it's on AMC, yeah. you sit there and you watch it. Even if you come in like halfway through. You're like, like oh, well, it'll start over again <laughs> after this. So I'll watch the second exactly half, then happened. the first half afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. So that's 25 to 21. Uh, tell us about numbers 20 through 16. Okay. So number 20 is the Chronicles of Narnia, colon, the lion, the witch in the wardrobe. Number 19 is while you were sleeping. Ah. 18 is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Number 17 is the classic meet me in St. Louis. The number 16 is the holiday. All right. How about we zero in here on while you were sleeping? Because this film has been brought up in my household repeatedly over the last several weeks, because apparently my wife and her sisters, when they were younger, would just have this movie on constantly, especially my <laughs> sister-in-law, Christy. It would just constantly be on whether or not somebody was watching it. Like, That's in fact, weird. she'd put it on and leave the room and her poor older brother would be powerless to change you know, change the movie or change the channel. So tell us about why you were sleeping, how this makes it in as a Christmas movie. Okay. Well, so first of all, the kind of central plot point happens on Christmas, right? Mm -hmm. So the two kind of romantic interests are thrown together at Christmas and then it kind of progresses from there throughout Christmas and new year. And so it is, it is really a Christmas movie because I think it's about, you know, there's there's a really lovely kind of vulnerability that Sandra Bullock has to kind of go through in terms of she's someone who doesn't have a family mm -hmm. and she is thrown in with this character who has an amazing family. And in point of fact, a Catholic family, there's some hilarious scenes that happen during mass mm. at a Catholic church. It's so funny. So I think, you know, for people who don't have families and who struggle with loneliness at the during the holidays, which is a lot of people. This movie resonates at a really deep level. It's very, very funny, but it's also really human and kind of taps into this really weird family dynamic that is so lovely and quirky and just utterly unique. And so, you know, I think that it unfolds over the Christmas holidays because that's when families are at their most familyest. Mm -hmm. you know, like that's, <laughs> that's families when... at their most familyest. That is so true. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so I think it's just a really great kind of glimpse at a family's life in the holiday season Ah. with these really strange, really kind of extreme circumstances that are happening all around them, but they're still the family, like, and they hold together as a family. So I love while you were sleeping. It has one of the funniest 10 seconds of any movie ever. I remember like there's a scene where this kid is riding a bicycle, throwing a newspaper, and he totally just biffs it and it falls over while he's throwing a paper. And I think my dad and I rewound that that 10 seconds probably 27 times, just like <laughs> laughing so hard we were crying. It's amazing. I don't know, like one of this could probably be a whole nother episode, like the funniest 10 seconds in film history. <laughs> I'd put up oh any of the 10 seconds in the family dinner scene in the film, The Nutty Professor. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. Any of the 10 For seconds. Sure. I think it's probably like a four minute scene, but any of the 10 yeah. seconds could qualify. But OK, yeah. so while you were sleeping as a Christmas film now, Sleepless in Seattle ends at Christmas, doesn't it? Uh, isn't it Valentine's Day? Oh, uh, all right. Fine. Whatever. Let's not mix Sorry. up our, our holidays. This is <laughs> not, this is me trying to talk outside of my my realm of expertise. I don't know these films as well as you do. So we'll leave Sleepless in Seattle off to the side. Also a great movie, though. Okay, fair enough. That brings us from 20 to 16. We'll get from 15 to 11 next. But just to remind you, this is Church Life Today on Redeemer Radio. I'm Leonard DiLorenzo. I'm talking with my friend and colleague, Carolyn Pirtle, Program Director of the Notre Dame Center for Liturgy and the McGrath Institute for Church Life. We started off talking about Advent music, and now we are talking about Carolyn's 25-film-long movie playlist for Christmas. All right, so we are on number 15. Take us from 15 to 11. Okay, so number 15, Miracle on 34th Street. I really like that version from 1947, but if you like the updated version, the one with the little girl from Mrs. Doubtfire from the 90s is also super cute. (laughs) Um, So number 14 is Love Actually. Number 13, The Polar Express. Number 12, The Muppet Christmas Carol. And number 11, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, I'm referring to the animated special from 1967, not the hot mess updates that have been done since then. Sorry for everybody who <laughs> the live action ones, but for me, really, the animated one is like the best version. What about that one that came out in the late 20 teens? I saw that in the theaters a few years ago. You didn't like that? I didn't see oh, it. Oh, so I thought that one was pretty good. Better. I heard it was better than the Jim Carrey one. So I, to yeah. be fair to people who like that one, I haven't seen it. So I'm doing that thing where I'm condemning a movie without actually having seen it. That's which fine. Is terrible. You're, ter- you're perfectly. I mean, this is radio. You can do That's anything fine. you want, right? Like, just have a cool. have a strong opinion and say it. That's fine. Man. Yeah, I mean, Jim Carrey. He peaked with Ace Ventura, and I think that was like the first movie. Oh, well, Dumb and yeah. Dumber. You can give him Dumb and Dumber too, but Liar Liar too. I would give him uh, Liar Liar. That all right, we're really giving fun. him a lot. We're definitely not going to give him the mask or some of these other things. But okay, look, fifteen to eleven. There's some big some big hitters in there. I think some some yeah. films that people would put definitely in their top five. You've got just kind of like waiting along here in the middle of the pack. So Miracle on 34th Street. I've got Love Actually like way, way up there, right? I think you get a yeah, I think you get a feel for my Christmas taste when I've got Christmas Vacation Die Hard, Love Actually up in <laughs> definitely in the top five. And yeah. Polar Express is also Another fan favorite. I do so. love Polar Express. So I think it should be said, and I, I forgot to clarify this when we started. I actually have these arranged in, again, progressive solemnity. Oh okay? my goodness. I know it's super pretty. <laughs> so there's a progression here that, that basically, you know, the list starts like the 25 through 20. Those movies are kind of vaguely Christmas, 
They're more like holiday movies, especially something like Bridget Jones's Diary or even Little Women. And so as the list progresses, the Christmas-ness of each movie gets more and more intense. Ah. And like as we get to the the top ones, that's that will become, I think, more apparent. But by the time we hit number 15, like that's where we they're actual Christmas movies, like yeah. they're traditional Christmas movies. So, you know, these are all the ones that have really become beloved and have really earned their place in kind of pop culture. And so really, you know, this is my list. Your list is going to look totally different from mine probably, but this is how this is how I watch them. So, you know, I'm just <laughs> offering that as a caveat and an asterisk on this whole conversation. It's not meant to be like offensive to anybody else's Christmas movie preferences. But if you're offended, that's okay. Too. Yeah. yeah, let it go. Yeah, I mean, you you just use the term progressive solemnity for this list of, of films. Some of these films, nobody would ever refer to anything that has to do with progressive solemnity or any other kind of solemnity, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. But, I know. Elf hardly seems solemn at all. Like there's no solemnity involved. In oh, Elf. but El- we're waiting on Elf. Elf's way up there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, A solemn Christmas movie, if ever there were one. But this is a similar point you made with the Advent playlist, right? Like these aren't Mm -hmm. just, well, I'll find some some songs and just throw them together in whatever order they come into. Like you've got an actual logic or rationale for how they're ordered. So like you told us in the Spotify playlist of Advent from McGrath and D, it's best to listen to this straight through, not to press shuffle. And so now with your Christmas movies, you're going to watch these straight through if possible and not kind of shuffle. In and order. Yeah, yeah, there's order. an order to the world. Okay. For sure. All right. Yep. We're coming into the top 10 now, so we should probably yeah. on some of these slow down, let you defend and describe these a little bit more. So numbers 10 yeah. through six, give it to us. Okay. So number 10, this will require some explanation. Yeah. So it's just the- do 10 and talk about this because I need an explanation here. <laughs> So number 10 for me is the Creature Comforts Christmas Special. It's called Merry Christmas, Everybody. So (laughs) for those of you who know and love Wallace and Gromit as much as I do, it's this British claymation, um, you know, these characters that have been animated in the same style as Wallace and Gromit. And if you don't know Wallace and Gromit, you should get to know it because it's delightful. I lived in Ireland for two years, and so I love all things British and Irish and all of those things. And I came across Creature Comforts when my mom got the DVD in like a $5 bin, I think at like a Walgreens or something. And she recognized uh-huh. it as the same people who did Wallace and Gromit. And my mom is like a culture queen as well. And so she sent it to me and she thought, this is going to be funny. So what they do is they go around and they interview people on the British streets. So like they just stop people. That's never a bad idea. Right. That is never it's a bad never idea. never a bad yeah. idea because British people are so clever and their accents are amazing and it's a, it's incredible. So these people went round and they interviewed a bunch of British people to ask them if they knew the words to the 12 days of Christmas and hilarity ensues. And so then they come back and they animate animal characters (laughs) with the speech of the people that they interviewed. It is the funniest thing. And it's one of those things that it gets funnier the more times you watch it. So I Uh watched the later into the night it gets and the (laughs) more sleep deprived you are. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I love it because it's real people talking about real, like the 12 days of Christmas. And it's just very, very funny. And I, I totally appreciate that if you're looking for a claymation Christmas special, most people will go the, like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer route or the Jack Frost, like the, the ones from the 60s that are super iconic, right? Yeah. I've actually never seen any of those. We just didn't grow uh. up watching them in my, in my family. 
How could you? I mean, how could you have time with all these know, other films? Yeah. Like there was, was no time. I was too busy watching Meet Me in St. Louis, I think, when I was <laughs> seven or eight years old. But the Creature Comfort special is just, it's just delightful for anybody who loves the Great British Baking Show or The Crown or all things British. That's my Christmas gift to you is the Creature Comfort. All right. I'm kind of sold on this. I'm going to have to watch you. I think you sold okay. me. Oh, it's the British interviews, people clearly talking about things that they don't remember. They don't that's what know I want. It, that none of them Yeah, want. that's it's what I want. so funny. Yeah. That's great. Okay, so that's number 10. Take us through nine through yeah, six. Yeah, so number nine is Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol from 1962. I also put on the same spot Mickey's Christmas Carol from 1983. So I just love these mm-hmm. animated takes on Dickens's Christmas Carol. Mr. Magoo's mm-hmm. has some really lovely songs. There's one song that I think young Scrooge sings that you cannot watch it with a dry eye because he's talking about how he's all alone in the world. And it's just so sad and poignant and, but really, really beautiful. So would highly recommend if you're looking for an animated way to introduce your kids to Charles Dickens, those are really great choices. Number eight, the snowman from 1982. It's completely music with one, like instrumental music. Amazing. It's, not the terrible horror movie from 2017. Make sure it's the animated one from 1982 because you don't want to scar your children. Number seven, of course, is the Charlie Brown Christmas special from 1985. So I... Enough yeah, said. seriously. And then number six is Home Alone. Also, I think enough yeah. said. Like, such a classic. Clearly Christmas and clearly iconic. Love it, yeah. All right, we've made it. We're down to the top five. So yeah. we're not going to do a drum roll. I'm not going <laughs> to pretend to do a drum roll, but this is a big moment. Like, we've got the top five... Christmas films in your progressive solemnity order. These are clearly Christmas and clearly great. Yeah. So give it. Yeah. To us. So number five, of course, is a Christmas story from 1983. Mm. You know, I wind up watching most of the marathon with my dad every year on TBS because they just play it. on. <laughs> it's just yeah. so great. I, what what is what is there not to like about that movie? And then number four is Elf. Number one, I, Elf. Okay, but anyways, so okay. Number Elf four. Is fine. Such a, it's an amazing thing because it kind of instantly became a Christmas classic. Yes. Right, 2003. Will yeah, Ferrell. Love it. What's It's just amazing. Yeah. Number three is White Christmas from 1954. Of course. Just amazing tap dancing and amazing singing and just all of the pageantry and spectacle of Christmas. You know, uh-huh. love it. And now everybody's expecting what you're about to say at number two to be number one, but know, say it at number I know. two. Number two for me is It's a Wonderful Life. I, I I love It's a Wonderful Life. I think it's just, it's a deeply Catholic movie, first of all. Like, if you remember the opening, mm-hmm. it's like the angel in the sky talking to St. Joseph is how this movie opens. And so, you know, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, it's just it's just so beautiful and and rich and just a stunning kind of reflection on a person's life. So I do love, love, love. It's a wonderful life. And good enough to be number two, but not yeah, number one. So for, for me and for my family, like, and again, this is kind of splitting hairs at this point because all these sure. movies are amazing and any one of them could be number one. But for me, the Pirtle family, Christmas was not Christmas unless we watched Scrooge, not Scrooge, duh, with Bill Murray, but Scrooge. <laughs> From 1970, starring Albert Finney as Ebenezer Scrooge. And we would turn off all the lights except for the lights of the Christmas tree and watch this movie on Christmas Eve. And it's a musical It's a musical setting of A Christmas Carol. Um, it is utterly faithful to Dickens' text. It's a really, really well done live action. Like the sets and the costumes, you feel like you're in Dickensian England. And mm. honestly, Albert Finney's Scrooge is extraordinary. So he was in his 30s, I think, playing both young Scrooge and old Scrooge. 
And so the makeup, like when I was a kid, I thought it was this old, old man playing Scrooge. Uh, And so his performance of Scrooge as the old man is just spectacular. Like he's so terrible and you hate him so much. And then his conversion at the end of the film is marked by this extraordinary song that he just, it it just brings me to tears every single year when I watch it. Mm. So if you've never seen it, I would highly recommend it. And if you want to argue with me over my rankings, I would be happy to, you know, do that on Twitter. <laughs> That's where all, all, all nasty arguments is on Twitter. Yeah, just tweet at her, tell her she's wrong about her movie list, and she's there for it. She'll yeah. be happy to receive yeah. it. All right. So I've been talking with Carolyn Pertle, program director of the Notre Dame Center for Liturgy and the McGrath Institute for Church Life. You can find the Advent playlist that she put together on Spotify under the title Advent from McGrath ND. Carolyn Pirtle's article on Advent music is in the Church Life Journal with the super direct title of, ready for it? The Church Life Journal Sounds of Advent Playlist. And then (laughs) Carolyn's list of 25 Christmas movies is available on the McGrath Institute for Church Life blog. That's mcgrathblog.nd.edu. And it's under the title, Carolyn's Christmas countdown. All right, Carolyn, (laughs) thanks for the time. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much. And thanks all of you for joining us on Church Life Today. This Church Life Today podcast is a production of Redeemer Radio and the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame and is brought to you in part by Notre Dame FCU and our listeners. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed. It's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits?